from One World Trade Center in Manhattan, overlooking dozens of golf courses that will never have us as members, this is the Golf Digest Podcast. Welcome back to the Golf Digest Podcast. I'm Alex Myers, and today we are joined by 18-time major champion Jack Nicholas. Now, Jack was kind enough to join us to talk about the Masters, talk about Jordan Spieth's 12th hole disaster, how he used to play that hole under pressure. Uh, he talked about uh, what it was like to hang out with Tiger Woods at his house and at the Champions Dinner, and he talked about teaming up with Gary Player for the upcoming Bass Pro Shops Legend of Golf. Without further ado, here's our talk with Mr. Nicholas. Mr. Nicholas, thank you so much for the time. My pleasure, Alex. All right, well, we've got to start with the Masters because everyone is still talking about Jordan Spieth's 12th hole. Were you as shocked as everyone else when, when that happened? Yes. <laughs> when you played, uh, you were known as such a great tactician on the golf course. How did you approach having a big lead on Sunday at a major? Well, you know, you you, you got to be protective of it. you got to try to play as aggressive as you can, but you got to be protective. You, you know, the biggest thing there is you just don't, uh, you just can't make big numbers. And uh, he made a big number at number 12. And he play, he did the cardinal sin at number 12. He, uh, I don't believe he was trying to hit the ball anywhere near where he hit it. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think that Jordan Jordan's a very smart player. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that uh, uh, he, he just, uh, I don't know what he do, bogey 10 and 11? Yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, I think his nerves maybe got to him a little bit. And, uh, uh, you know, the only play at, uh, in the last round at, at the 12th hole is over the bunker. Mm-hmm. And and if you're short, you hit it in the bunker. But I mean, I, he just he didn't he didn't hit it there. He just hit a bad shot, and you know he hit it out to the right and went into the water. And when you drop the ball over there uh, on the other side, then you might go to the drop area, but it's not as good an angle as where he dropped it. Mm-hmm. I think he probably dropped it where he thought it was the best best shot for him. And uh, when you drop it, over there, there's very little Bermuda underneath that. Uh, it's pretty much ryegrass on dirt, which is really hard to hit the ball hmm. off, and particularly when you're in that kind of a situation. And he just, he chunked it. And, yeah. you know, it, uh, it just happened. I mean, I feel, I, my heart went out to him. I felt terrible for him. Uh, and I knew that he had to be as nervous as possible. And he was. And it was obvious. And uh, he just hit a bad shot. And, uh, you know, not much else you can say. Yeah. Where does number 12 at Augusta rank for you in terms of scariest shots under pressure? Probably the most. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, I guess if we were to see something like this, it's not, it's not surprising that it would happen there. It's, it's obviously a very daunting uh, shot when you're on the tee there. Well, if you're on the tee, you, you, you've got to understand that you know, the, the pin is out of play. You hit the ball over the bunker or even left of the bunker. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't care where you go, anywhere left of the right edge of the bunker, mm-hmm. and you're going to be on dry ground. And the worst you're going to make is four. And it didn't happen. That just, you know, it just, yeah. and, that, and I think that's what he was trying to do. He just made a bad swing and made a bad shot. And I think his nerves just got to him on that particular situation. Sure. Obviously, you've won 18 majors, but you had a lot of close calls as well. And, I'm just wondering, how were you shaped by some of the losses maybe early in your career, and, and if there's one that stands out for you as, as maybe a turning point? Well, you have a bunch of them. And, uh, 
You know, I think that uh, 1960 when I had the lead at uh, Cherry Hills, mm -hmm. uh, and I shot 39 the last nine holes. I played uh, six, three over par the last six holes, hmm. and uh, uh, you know, that's that's a learning experience. I think I played with Ben Hogan, and Hogan said he says I played with a young man today. If he'd have known how to win a golf tournament, he would have won by several strokes. So that's, <laughs> exactly the point right uh, you've got to learn how to win a golf tournament i think if i had won that open in 1960 i might have been the worst thing that ever happened to me i probably hmm. you know i wouldn't have i wouldn't have learned i wouldn't have maybe gained from it and it would have been a, a an experience that uh, it was an experience that i learned from that, that i learned a lot of valuable lessons i learned that everybody else is having uh the same problems with as i was i was nervous as as was everybody else uh i found that uh yeah, you got to be, be composed under under pressure. I three putted thirteen and fourteen. Hmm. Thirteen, very short distance. I bogeyed eighteen, missed short birdies at sixteen and seventeen. So you know, I I, I pretty much turned uh, you know Arnold Palmer's great charge, which it was a great charge and a great round. Mm -hmm. But I mean, I I could have negated that if I just finished the golf tournament. Right. Uh, but that was all right. It, it happened. And then in nineteen sixty three, I was at the British Open. And I had a uh, what I thought was a, uh, a two-shot lead, uh, going to 17. It actually turned. You know, actually, I was two shots, and I hit. I hit a shot too aggressively on 17 and went through the green and couldn't get it up and down. And, uh, and then I then I drove it to bunker at 18. And I bogeyed the last two holes. Hmm. And I didn't realize that both Bob Charles and Phil Rogers had birdied 16. So anyway. You know, I gave that away when I, on two things that I didn't need to do. I didn't need to be aggressive with my second shot as I, as I was. It's, again, you're protecting a lead. You play conservatively, but you play smart. And I didn't play smart. And I, and I lost the tournament. So you learn from those kind of things. And, you know, Jordan will learn from this. He'll learn from uh, uh, what happened at, at Augusta. It, I will promise you he will never, ever hit the ball to the right of that bunker again. <laughs> Um, now another talked about occurrence at the Masters this year was a video of you, Jack Nicholas, six-time Green Jacket winner, driving down Magnolia Lane up to the clubhouse and getting stopped by security a couple times. And, um, you know, seven million people, I think, have already seen this video. Are you surprised with, with just how viral it went? Well, you know, I didn't even know they were doing it. <laughs> I mean, Doc Polly was in the back of the car, mm -hmm. and, and he did the video and didn't tell me he was doing it. <laughs> and, and so... We drove in the front gate, and of course the guards are very nice. They recognize me, and they're very polite, and they always are. They're terrific. Yeah. They're a bunch of nice guys, and and so we 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 said that our pleasantries there. I went down, got to the second guard place where they start to check your tickets, and the guy asked me for my uh, my ticket and my uh, ID, and so I said okay. <laughs> so I, I I handed my ticket, and he looked at the name on it, and he said, and then he, he finally turned around and recognized me. <laughs> as you saw, and so uh, it was kind of comical, and uh, he was like, you know, he, he was he was being apologetic. There was no reason for him being apologetic. He was doing his job. <laughs> yeah, no, and that so, was yeah. And, and, for, and fortunately, if, and Scott Tolley was tell, it was was filming it, and uh, you know, if if I if I'd have known Tolley was filming it, I might have been nasty, but I didn't know. <laughs> filming <laughs> <laughs> well it was a lot of fun and i gotta ask you about another viral video a few years ago at the opening of uh your harbor shores golf club 
Johnny Miller was faced with a 100-foot uphill putt, and he was complaining about it. He said he might have to chip it. And you went over there and showed him how it's done and not only putted it but made it. And I'm just wondering, why did you do that and how did you do that? It's one of the most amazing things I think I've ever seen. Well, I, you know, because obviously I designed that golf course. <laughs> and that 10th hole, there's a par 5, and I had the green up on top on the ledge where the pin was. And I had a, a chip area down to the bottom uh, where Johnny's ball was. Our, he and Arnold our, were playing together. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, I decided, I thought it was a very, very difficult chip. I said, you know, if somebody hits it down there, I think I should give him the opportunity to roll the ball up. So I just put, I just put a green down there and gave him an easier pin placement. Hmm. So what I didn't want to happen, Miller, Arnold hit the putt first, and he hit it halfway up the hill, <laughs> and it went right back past him off the green. <laughs> and uh, Johnny says, well, this is impossible. You can't play this shot. Give me my sandwich. Well, the last thing I wanted somebody to do on my green, uh, that I was giving him really a, a, an easier bailout because it really wasn't really effectively supposed to be green. Uh, was to have somebody hit a wedge, then everybody comes along after seeing Johnny who do Johnny do this hits a wedge on the green, <laughs> and, and he don't want that to happen. So I said, I said, wait a minute, wait a minute, Johnny, and I said, this is not that hard. I said, put a put. I threw the ball down, didn't even look at it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I said, oh, it's three feet to the right of the hole somewhere. And I just took a whack at it, and the ball goes in the hole. And you know, it—I think it saved—it uh, saved that green. And uh, uh, it obviously was something that uh, I couldn't do that again in a thousand years. <laughs> well, you made anyway, it, yeah. it was fun. Yeah. Well, you made it look easy. Um, speaking of your golf courses, I know you're excited about an upcoming event, the Bass Pro Shops Legends of Golf, which will once again be played at one of your Par 3 courses, at least in part. Um, what, t- talk a little bit about what makes this event so special. Well, I mean, I, I, I'm not playing tournament golf anymore, and uh, Gary Player asked me a couple of years ago if I'd play in the Legends with him. And the Legends, I don't really consider it as a tournament because you're playing a, a different kind of an event, and uh, you're sort of a best ball, and and so, so that was okay. So I played with Gary, and then all of a sudden, uh, Bass Pro Shops, uh, Johnny Morris got the event to take it out to the top of the rock. And uh, uh, Gary said, do you want to play? And I said, sure, I'll play it. You know, that's, of course I did. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, you know, Johnny Morris probably spent more on that par three than 99% of the people spent on a full 18-hole golf course. <laughs> uh, I, did, I did the golf course. I did a shell. You know, I did a nice little par three golf course out there, and he's just been adding to it and adding to it and beautifying it, putting rocks, putting uh, flowers, putting all all kinds of trees, all kinds of things that that have beautified the golf course. Hasn't changed the golf course. He's just, he's just changed, you know, the view of it. Which I wouldn't, as a, as a designer, I wouldn't be so presumptuous as to say you need to spend this kind of money. Mm-hmm. He went, he did that on his own, and so uh, Johnny's a good guy and he's fun. He's he, he's hands on. And uh, he's made a, a, a little par three golf course, which was a fun little par three golf course, into a spectacular uh, visually, uh, spectacular visual golf course. And so we're having the event out there. It's it's a and the and the super legend or the legends, whatever I'm playing in, whatever division <laughs> that is, that's over a hundred. And uh, <laughs> and it's uh, we play uh, we just play the par three course. We played the long course, which is Buffalo Ridge, the last couple of years, but. This year we're only playing the uh, par three course, which I think is fine for for all the legends. And I think we play it twice on Thursday or Friday, twice on Saturday, and then 
finish it up with nine holes on Sunday morning and then let the big guys come back in and finish it off. But it's uh, it should be a good event. It was a good event last year. And, of course, Johnny has all his vendors in, and he has, uh, you know, he has uh, experts at, at shooting, and they have, uh, they have trap shooting and that kind of stuff. He has experts at, uh, uh, I mean, I went fishing the last couple of years with Lefty Cray. And down they have a Dogwood Canyon. They have a beautiful uh, stream that they have down through there that they've stocked, and it's it's great fishing. So we have that, and they have music, and, you know, they make a very fun week out of it for a lot of people, and uh, it's a nice event. So uh, we look forward to it, and it's like, uh, you know, the golf is the golf is incidental. The rest of it is pretty pretty special. <laughs> yeah, well, it's a great format. Obviously, you got multiple events going on, and you got the par three and the regular course. So, yeah, very cool. I wonder... You played uh, alongside Gary at the uh, par three at the Masters. He made that hole one. I was wondering, were you upset that he didn't save that ace for when you're his teammate? <laughs> well, I don't. I don't think you save aces, but yeah. I've made uh, twenty twenty one hole in ones. Wow. And Gary and I were tied at one time at seventeen. He's made thirty one now. <laughs> so I, I tell you, he plays a lot more golf than I do, and he plays a lot more par threes. So. Sure. Uh, but that's okay, and uh, you know Gary is uh, Gary is eighty years old, and he is still very very competitive. I mean, he just yeah. you know it's uh, uh, we hit on the first tee at the Masters and hit off, and you know if he outdrives me, he's that, that's that's he's won another Masters as far as he's concerned. <laughs> and I popped it I popped it up a little bit this year, so he outdrove me. So man, he was uh, he was on seventh heaven there for a long time. <laughs> Um, well, while we're talking about your designs, rumor has it that you have a hand in the new putting green that's going in our Golf Digest New York City office. I was wondering, if, is that true at all? Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> wow. All yeah. right. What can we expect? Our guys were fiddling around with it, and, and, I, and they asked me what, what, I, what I would do, and I came back and gave them my opinions of what to do and how to do it and so forth, and I think that's what they're doing. Great, great. Well, we're looking forward to the challenge. Um, now, I know you hosted a dinner at your house for the Ryder Cup captains and all the Ryder Cup hopefuls a couple months ago, were they well-behaved, or were you constantly reminding people to use coasters on the furniture? No, no, I think they were fine. <laughs> they're, they're, all, they're, all, they're, all, uh, they're all grown-up men. Yeah. And uh, they, uh, they came over. I think they enjoyed the evening. I think there were probably 29 or 30 of them. And uh, they, uh, they had dinner, and we told stories, and, we, and they had me talk a little bit about old Ryder Cups and President's Cups and you know, dream events and things that we did, and uh, they asked questions, and uh, we had a very, very nice evening. And Barbara enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. It was, uh, it was kind of fun. Great. Uh, a, a big deal was made. Course, oh, sorry. First, I had to introduce him. I had to introduce him to Jack Nicholas ice cream. Oh well, I was going to ask you about that actually. Um, well, what's it like to have your own line of ice cream? Obviously, it seems like a, a dream come true. But is it tough to not, you know, constantly be running to the freezer? Well, it's only it only cost me about twenty pounds. And <laughs> I got myself back down to my playing weight, and we got in the ice cream business, and I gained twenty pounds. So <laughs> I've got I've gotten about five of it back off, so I'm still a little heavy. But you know, I'm, I've been a uh, an ice cream nut all my life, hmm. and uh, the uh, I, I love it. And so uh, when uh, uh, we were approached by uh, uh, Schwan to uh, do this, which they They've always sold uh, over their trucks at home home delivery, and uh, they wanted to go to the stores retail, and they wanted to go in the pint business, which was the largest uh, uh, growing segment of the ice cream business. And uh, they wanted to use my name, and uh, 
I guess was a lot of it was probably because of the sex, success we had with Arizona and the lemonade because we moved in with that and did very well with it. And so uh, we've done the ice cream. We've been, I think, uh, I think Schwann is maybe wondering whether that's what they really wanted to do because we've been wildly successful with it. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're, we're really uh, getting great distribution across the country, and I don't know where they can make the ice cream fast enough. <laughs> that's good. Good to hear. You know, just one last thing. A, a big deal was made that Tiger Woods was in attendance at that dinner, and he said you had a nice chat about fishing. So I think everyone wants to know, how is Tiger Woods' fishing game, and can he possibly break your fishing record if you have one? Well, I don't think Tiger does much fishing. He enjoys uh, he enjoys fishing, and I think he enjoyed fishing the flats, a little bit of deep sea fishing. But Tiger Tiger mostly is a, uh, a uh, you know a free diver. Sure. And and he's a you know he's a spear fisherman. And uh, well, we talked a little bit about fishing and the kind of stuff that we do, and what we've been what we've been the bone fishing that I've been doing, and. Uh, we talked a little bit about his golf and his and his health, and I think he he looks great. Mm-hmm. And uh, we had we had pleasant conversation. And of course, I uh, at the Masters dinner, I sat next to Tiger and Arnold, and mm-hmm. we had and had good conversation. So, uh, you know, I'm, I'm I think Tiger will be back shortly. I don't know when it's going to be, but we'll hope it's uh, hope it's soon. Great. Well, well, there you go, folks. Work hard, win 18 majors, and you might just get your own line of ice cream someday. Uh, thanks again so much to, uh, to, to Jack Nicholas, Mr. Nicholas. It was an honor and uh, a privilege to talk to you. I hope to do it again soon, and, and good luck at the, uh, the Bass Pro Shops Legend of Golf. Thanks, Alex. Appreciate it. Enjoyed talking to you. Thank you. Take care. Okay. Thanks again to Jack Nicholas, and thank you for listening. Please subscribe to us on iTunes, and check back next week to see who our guest is.